one of the things I love about this show is that it is a place where we get to be very positive. We're talking about young people playing sports, doing activities, supporting their schools, representing their schools. It, it, this is a bright spot on the sports landscape so often. Sometimes we have to deal with reality. We're going to deal some reality today before we get to all the happy talk. This is Preps Today with John Millay. John Millay is the star of the show. He is the prep sports and activities guru at mshsl.org. You can find his writings there. You can find his podcast here at talknorth.com. Thanks for listening to the network. We do appreciate it. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett, and thanks to our sponsors, Pizza Barn and Minnesota Propane. We'll tell you more about them later. And like I said, we will get some of the cool, happy stuff, but we do have to start with the incident in Richfield, John. Yeah. Hey, Jim, you're right. Uh, we can't ignore some of these things. They're, they've happened. As everybody knows, shots were fired. Two people were injured. During a football game at Richfield High School on Friday night, arrests have been made. The two shooting victims are recovering at home. This happened on school grounds outside the the stadium, outside the fence. The game, of course, was stopped. The stadium was cleared. And this was homecoming weekend at Richfield. And, you know, I think they were having a dance the next day and some soccer games. Everything else was canceled. This is terrible, certainly. And I, I, I... it won't surprise me to see some games, particularly football games that traditionally are played in Friday nights or now Thursday nights, just move to daytime hours, which I think probably makes for a little safer environment. Uh, some schools do that routinely already. I don't know anything about what what Richfield's plans are. The the time of a football game is is the least of their issues. They've got they want to make sure everybody feels safe and and try to work with law enforcement. I know they're doing that. Uh, the week before that, there was a fight behind the stands during a football game at Edina. That school has has added new restrictions for their home football games, uh, including nobody can leave the stands unless they're going to stand in line for concessions or to use the restrooms. So they're, they don't want anybody loitering around. Uh, there'll be no one admitted to the stadium after halftime. And elementary and middle school kids, if they're at a football game at Edina, they have to sit with their parents. They can't be going running around, you know, on the on the perimeter. And and uh, I think all that is smart. And as far as this shooting goes, the, I mean, uh, it's it's it shouldn't be a political thing, but it is. And and there's too many guns. There's just too many guns in this country. I know that might upset some people, but. People who don't have guns can't use guns to kill other people. I mean, that's that's pretty easy. Um, it's terribly sad all the way around. Um, but it has less to do with high school sports, more to do with societal issues. Thank goodness no one was killed this time. Um, I, I just uh, I don't know what the answer is, Jim, and nobody likes to see this, but it happens in a lot of places. Uh, I don't know why anybody thinks it couldn't happen at a – at a high school football game, what what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, well, I, we're probably on the same page. The broad societal fix is fewer guns, and the immediate fix is probably playing noon on Saturday or something. You know, and, and let's face it, we all, we all love Friday night football games. Uh, you know, you've covered you a million of them. I covered a million of them. Uh, you know, especially early in my career when I was focusing on high school sports. It's a great atmosphere. It's fun. It's uh, something to do on a Friday night. It's it's a blast. There's no doubt about it. But if, if you have to deal with any level of risk, it's not worth it. Uh, 
And let's let's also face it. You know, I see it at all levels. You have a uh, you play Packers Vikings at, at seven o'clock at night. You're going to have more fights. You're going to have more drunk people. You're going to have more people vomiting on the back of the person in front of them. It's what happens. I've seen it. I've been there. I have fan, friends and family who go to the games who see it. Uh, you play Vikings Packers at noon on a Sunday, and all those things are greatly reduced. And if you have to if you have to make things safer for the kids by playing at noon on Saturday, then play noon on Saturday. Yeah, I think I think that's probably something that seems to be the easiest thing that can be done here. So uh, we hope we don't have any more any more news like that. Uh, let's move on to uh, a foot another football game. I was at Friday night as we talked about last week. I made my first trip for a game in Detroit Lakes. This was the battle for the paddle. We like things that rhyme on preps today with John Malay, and this was this was kind of a bucket list thing for me. Um, I know a lot of people in Detroit Lakes. I know a lot of people in Purim, great towns. Uh, now I've been to events in both towns, and I've been visited both schools. They're just fantastic. And and I, I kind of wrote a story about my day in Detroit Lakes. If you go to John's journal at mshsl.org, you can read that. It was just so much fun. Well worth an eight-hour round trip to get up to Detroit Lakes and back. Um, people are going to hear about these two brothers from Detroit Lakes. They, they've got two. They're not twins. One's a junior, one's a senior, Ethan and Mason Carrier. They both are going to play football at the University of Minnesota. And they are the stars of this team at Detroit Lakes. They're kind of the linebacker slash running back type, big, strong, fast, physical. So keep an eye out for the Carrier brothers from Detroit Lakes. Uh, The game itself was not filled with a lot of drama. Uh, Detroit Lakes scored on its, well, actually the first play of the game. Ethan Carrier takes a handoff, goes 79 yards. Final score was 49 to 6. Detroit Lakes over Perham. So the Lakers uh, took back the paddle. Perham won the game, a really close game last year, in a wild finish with a hook and ladder play in the final seconds to win it. There was no drama like that this time. So DL scores 49 points. The Carrier brothers, I'm not going to break this down into into too many specifics, but the two carrier brothers between them, they touched the ball 16 times resulting in 463 yards and five touchdowns, 16 runs or catches, five touchdowns, 463 yards. I don't have numbers on on the tackles they made, but uh, they're very physical. They're all over the field. Uh, Really, really fun to watch talented, uh, Kids, especially from a from a school that's not in the metro, doesn't get a lot of a lot of coverage here. That's one of the reasons I like to go to those places. But the big thing, the the I don't know if it was the coolest thing or the weirdest thing. So the game ends, the teams go through the handshake line. The Detroit Lakes players, uh, Aaron Anderson is the AD at Perham. They had held the paddle for a year. He's out on the field, ready to hand it off to the DL kids. So they take possession of the paddle. It's an actual wooden canoe paddle. You know, it's got the logos of the schools on it. It's got the scores from previous games on the handle. And we know what that scene is. It's, it can be Paul Bunyan's axe, Floyd at Rosedale, the paddle, or any traveling trophy. We know what, what the post game looks like. The winning players grab the trophy. They jump up and down. They wave it in the air. They celebrate. This was a little different because the DL kids broke 
the paddle into two oh, pieces. No. They, <laughs> there were there were about twenty hands grabbing at that thing up in the air above the big huddle of screaming football players. They snapped the handle off right at the right at the end of the paddle. But as I wrote in my John's Journal story, this was no problem because now they had two trophies to wave, and they they, you know, they posed <laughs> for pictures with it. It was it was just the greatest thing. And I'm talking to some of the some of the DL adults after the game, and uh, apparently this maybe had happened before. And I assume they're going to just get some wood glue and a couple of clamps and put that baby back together. And or maybe one thought was, "Yeah, maybe we need a better, we need a stronger paddle, and maybe retire this one." But it was really cool when when that thing snapped. That didn't slow down the celebration at all. Now you got, you know, there's a big the, the big huddle of kids, and there's a the handle and the paddle being held up in the air. And now, now, you know, we got two trophies. So I've never seen anything like it. I can't imagine Floyd of Rosedale being dropped and busted or, or, you know, Paul Bunyan's axe. I don't know how you'd bust that thing. It's too big, but it was really neat. And I got there earlier in the day, Friday. And during the day after school, I got a tour of Detroit Lakes high school by Josh Omang. He's the principal and, and Rob Nielsen, the activities director. And on last week's show, we talked about how the voters in Detroit Lakes support their schools. And the high school in Detroit Lakes is just so cool. It's Lake Shirts Field House. We've talked about this fantastic new activity center. It's huge. It's as, it's as good as almost anything I've seen. You know, they added a lot to the high school. They, they, they did a lot of new things with the existing part of the high school. I got the full tour. It's really a great place. So it's... Uh, DL does things the right way. Um, like I said, I've got friends in Perm, and and uh, now I've got a lot of new friends in Detroit Lakes. And again, if you want to read that story, uh, go to mshsl.org, find John Journal. It was a great trip, and I can't wait to go back. That's really cool stuff. Uh, we're going to get to the Steel Bowl. We're going to thank a ref. We're going to get some coaching milestones and talk about John's uh, upcoming travels. John's always on the road this time of the year. But first, let's let's thank our friends at Pizza Barn in Princeton. Yeah, you bet. PizzaBarnPrinceton.com. We know how much community support means to everybody at the Pizza Barn in Princeton. Here's another great example. Next Monday, October 3rd, from 4 to 8 p.m., 20% of all proceeds at the Pizza Barn they're going to go to support Princeton High School's fall musical. The production is Suzical. And so they're, uh, you know, hey, if I was, if I were going to be in Princeton Monday night, I'd go have dinner at the pizza bar and 20% of all proceeds, like I said, are going to support the fall musical there. That's great. Uh, the pizza barns, two food trucks, they are rolling. They're busy all the time this week. Uh, they've got their schedule out. Uh, as we're talking here on Tuesday, uh, there's a, Soccer doubleheader on Thursday in Princeton. You'll see a pizza bar and food truck there, a home football game Friday. And at the ERX Motor Park in Elk River, there will be a pizza bar and food truck there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I assume they're having some type of motocross event there. I've driven past ERX Motor Park, uh, never stopped by. I should, especially if there's some some pizza, pizza bar and food trucks there. So that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The weather looks great for all these events. As we know, the Pizza Barn's a family-owned business for almost 40 years. Just a tremendous asset for Princeton and well beyond. And our great, great thanks to Jody Stay and her crew at the Pizza Barn for sponsoring our podcast.
Yes, and thanks also to Propane, Minnesota Propane. Get out there and grill before it snows, and then grill more, but you can still grill after it snows. Uh, if you'd like to advertise with this show or any of the many shows across the network, you can reach Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com, and go to TalkNorth.com to check out uh, the Cheryl Reeves Show, Russo, Krasinski, Jeff Diamond, Lavelle Neal, Roy Smalley, Mike Grimm, Dave Lee, Boyce Olson, our outdoor content. Check it all out. We have a great lineup for you, pretty much anything you want to listen to. Uh, we also do recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app to this show or any shows you like. That's just the easiest way to listen. It's also free. All right, let's get to the Steel Bowl. Yeah, Jim, last week we talked about the Steel Bowl uh, when the soccer teams from St. Peter and Jordan met uh, Saturday morning to raise funds and awareness for cystic fibrosis. The coaches of the girls' teams from those schools are siblings who lost their dad to cystic fibrosis in 2007. David Steele was just 43 years old. Uh, Brianna Steele Landsteiner is the St. Peter girls soccer coach. Her brother, Nate Steele, coaches the Jordan girls. I was in Detroit Lakes. Otherwise, I would have been down in Jordan for this. And the uh, in the girls game, St. Peter defeated Jordan one to nothing. But what's more important is that they raised nearly $7,000 in memory of David Steele and to fight and, and, and raise awareness for cystic fibrosis. Those are two great towns, great schools, St. Peter and Jordan. I've been to both multiple times. Congrats to everybody there. I want to mention one other kind of community-minded thing. This also involves girls' soccer. Uh, the teams from Irondale and Moundsview met at Moundsview last week, and the theme was uh, safe driving awareness. So the, the both teams had warm-ups, uh, with those messages on him that they that they wore before the game, at halftime there was a video message on the big big scoreboard there at Moundsview regarding the importance of safe driving, and we know it. There's just too many stories of teenagers being killed or seriously hurt in in vehicle crashes, and these kinds of reminders are important. So well done, Moundsview and Irondale. No doubt. And now it is time to thank a ref. Uh, we don't have enough of them, but the ones we have, we like to thank. We, we love them all. We need more. And in, in that vein of needing more, uh, I know Alicia Tipke at WIO-TV in Duluth. She does a great job. She had a, an important story about how the shortage of officials is affecting high school sports up in that part of the state, as it is all over the state and really all over the country. Uh, Minnesota North College, previously known as Hibbing Community College, they're going to begin offering officiating classes here in October. They're starting with an eight-week class in basketball officiating in the hopes of adding baseball, softball, football, volleyball. We need more of that uh, on the college level. I know a few high schools have officiating classes. Uh, that That's a great step to give people an opportunity to just take a class. Here's your whistle. Here's a rule book. Let's work on some of these things. And the next step after that is let's get uh, let's get certified with the high school league. Let's start working junior varsity games, junior high games, kind of get your feet into it. I, I saw a tweet from somebody uh, in recent days who I think it's a first-year official. I don't know if it's volleyball or soccer or cross country. This is their first year, and they're already working varsity games. That's how that's how much the need is there. So you can make some good money doing this and, of course, give back to the sports you love and the kids. 
Excellent. All right. The cool thing about covering an entire state, there are always some cool milestones. Uh, what are this week's coaching milestones? Yeah, these are all volleyball, Jim. This is a, kind of a unique time right here. Great sport. Yep. Uh, up at Wadena Deer Creek, uh, Sue Volkman is the volleyball coach there. I've seen her teams play at the state tournament. I've seen her volleyball teams play in their gym up there. She picked up her 600th career win last week. That's a big number. She's only the 13th coach in Minnesota history was 600 volleyball wins. Uh, Dan Westby, the volleyball coach at Marshall High School, he's on the cusp of 500. He began this week with uh, 497. The Tigers have three matches at home this week, so Dan could get to 500 by the time we uh, talk next week. And congrats to Spring Grove volleyball coach Kelsey Morgan. She just recorded her 200th career win. I'm proud to say I know all three of those coaches. I've been in all three of those gyms and seen those teams play. And and as you said, volleyball is just such a great sport. No doubt. I'm not surprised you know them all and have been in all those gyms (laughs) because that's what you do. Uh, Speaking of your travels, what do you have coming up? As I well, first I'm going to talk about. I got a little story from the road. So I'm driving driving home from Detroit Lakes on Saturday. I basically went north Highway 10, which is a great road. I don't like to come back the same way. I like to see see something different. So I went from uh, Detroit Lakes down to Alexandria, then 94, I-94 back home here. And I noticed as I'm on I-94 up there, there's a charter bus on the road. And I kind of tagged along with it for a mile or two. And then I, I might have gone to one mile over the speed limit and and, and moved on. And, you know, you wonder, who's on that bus? It's a charter bus. Well, I found out because the next day I was tagged on a tweet. Someone inside that bus shot video of the John's Journal Toyota Camry driving alongside the bus. Of course they did. Turns out uh, it was the men's and women's soccer teams from Minnesota Morris. They were on their way to St. Paul for games at the University of Northwestern. And one of the one of the members of the women's soccer team shot the video and her mom posted it on Twitter. So I just cannot hide anywhere. So here's what's happening this week. If anybody wants to shoot video of my car on the road, I'm going to be back up north. Uh, it's going to be a football volleyball trip Thursday and Friday. I'm going to Winnie Mac, which is in Erskine on Highway 2. If you don't know where that is, look at a map. Uh, they're going to celebrate Title IX during a volleyball match with Faustin. This is homecoming week at Winnie Mac. Uh, that'll be fun. And then the next day, Friday, I'm heading all the way to the east coast of Minnesota. I'll be in Willow River for a 5 o'clock football game between Masabi East and Moose Lake Willow River. Uh, I've never been. I've seen Moose Lake Willow River play football in the playoffs. I've never been to a home game there. I have been to Winnie Mac a couple times, so I'll see some familiar faces. Moose Lake Willow River. I know people there. I've just never been to a football game, so the weather looks great. I, I think according to MapQuest uh, or or my Google Maps, it's about 650 miles Thursday and Friday. Ooh. I can do that. I can do that. I'm young and strong or maybe I'm old and weak. We're going to find out and uh, hoping for great weather. I don't want to see any deer on the road. And this really scares me, Jim. I'm seeing reports of moose up there that are out wandering the countryside now. I don't, I'd rather collide with a deer than a moose, but I'd rather not collide with anything. So wish me luck and shoot me, shoot video. If you see me up there, as long as you're not behind the wheel, go ahead and shoot video and tweet it to me. Uh, yeah, let's not have any videos of John encountering 
a moose. <laughs> no, it'll be, be a heck of a tweet if I run into a moose, if I survive. Let's yes, let's hope that that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> the one time I have ever hit a deer uh, was after covering Molitor's Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I was driving oh, from Cooperstown yeah. down to New York City to cover the tw- I think the Twins were going to be in town following that 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 game or whatever. And uh, that that that'll sh- you know it's sad first of all, but it also shake you up, man. Yeah, I hit a deer as I reported last fall, a glancing blow. The deer, I'm sure, was more damaged than my car, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and a county road in the middle of nowhere. And yeah, even with just kind of a bump off the right fender, that you, that's no fun. You know, you don't know how nope. your car is looking. You don't think the deer is doing very well. But yeah, that's, uh, I, I can't imagine hitting a moose head on. I was driving in North Dakota a few years ago. I think I was, was I driving to Grand Forks for a Gophers hockey game? That might've been it. Sometimes I drove up there. Sometimes I flew. So I'm listening to a North Dakota radio station and the the night before in the dark, an elderly couple on uh, the interstate up there had encountered a moose and the moose came through the windshield. And I, I don't remember if there were survivors. The moose did not, but I just cannot imagine something like that. That's that's like that's like running into an elephant. Those things are big, yes. scary, and and hey, moose, stay out of my way. Yes, we will all tweet at the moose, moosen, <laughs> mises, 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 uh, to stay out of your way. Yeah, we will use social media to clear a path for you. Uh, well, good good luck with that. Be safe. Yes, uh, we certainly don't want you to have any scratches on you when we talk again. Uh, we will be back next week with John, uh, Preps Day with John Millay. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. And listen, thanks for talk, listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. Uh, we'll check in with you next week. John will have more great stuff. <laughs>